listening to the AntsMarching.org podcast, the new brand of AM radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to the AntsMarching.org podcast. This is episode 37. We're recording on Sunday, June 8th, 2014. Welcome back. I'm Matt. We got Jake. We got Joe. The whole crew is here. And uh, normally we'd wait till early week to get this recording done, but... Uh, you know, our lives get in the way, but most importantly, there there has to be some CPR administered to, to the fan base right now. Jake, what happened? Well, last night um, during the, the show in, in uh, Massachusetts, a friend of mine um, sent me a text and said, the lovely ladies are on stage. And I was like, what? Uh, and indeed, it is true. The lovely ladies have returned, and uh, apparently they're going to be around for a few more shows, which is... Um, Interesting, depending on your disposition and if you've seen them before, which I believe all three of us have seen them before. Is that correct, boys? Seen them. Seen them. Yes. So we have seen them. Uh, A number of people have seen them. A number of people have not seen them. Um, First, I think we should talk about the reaction they got. Um, I think the reaction last night was by and far, extremely positive. Very, very positive. The crowd went crazy. They started singing number 36, chanting Honey, Honey, or Honey, Honey, depending on when you started following the band. Um, And they did it twice, actually, and and it actually got listed on the real-time set list as an everyday reprise, even though that is not an everyday reprise. That's number 36. There's no Honey, Honey, and no, there's no Honey, Honey in everyday. Well, it's... They do a 36 reprise in every day. Okay, it's 36. But you could also say it's also the everyday 36 reprise. You pull out every day of the album right now, and you tell me where they say honey, honey on it. <laughs> I, I think you're both right. I, Thank I'm gonna, you. I'm doing, I'm doing that. And with. I'm going to take that that I'm more right. Well, <laughs> you, can, you can if you'd like, Joe. But So, by, so from, from Joe's sta- standpoint... It's everyday. It's an everyday reprise because during every day they do reprise to that part. However, standalone by itself, if it's a thirty-six um, interpolation in every day, then when it's by itself, you got to say, "Well, wait, that's thirty-six. There is no context with every day." Even though they, you know, if Dave Matthews was to play Dixie Chicken, would you say that was Crash Into Me? Thank you. You just said exactly what I was about to say. There's no, no way anybody would hear Dixie Chicken and Jimmy think, oh, my God, I can't believe it just did Crash. There it is. No, they say Crash reprise. Oh, my God. But they Are wouldn't. You kidding me? But it would be a Dixie Chicken um, show. But it, would be a, but it would be a Crash reprise. You could say Crash reprise. No, it reprise. wouldn't be a Crash reprise. That's not a Crash reprise. A Crash reprise would be if he said hike up my skirt. Once again, your I bring skirt the analogy. I bring the hammer. I'm sorry, Joe. I'm sorry. What? Hike up your skirt is freaking like bridge. That's not the reprise. Oh my god, we're not going to technicalities, are we? Between bridges and reprises, they're significantly different. They are different parts of the song. Jake, we had this one. Don't lose it for me, man. I, I, okay, yes, <laughs> we're good. Move on. Thirty-six. Like I said, it's thirty-six. <laughs> but um, yeah, I my personal reaction. I don't. I, I hate to be like. The old crotchety fan here, it's weird. First of all, it doesn't. It certainly doesn't seem like it's been 13 years since the Lovely Ladies toured with the band. It's been 13 years. Wow. I, I can't. It, it seems like, you know, three, four years ago they were still they were still touring with the band. So they only did what about two years, right? They did 2000 and 2001. No, 98 and 99 also. Oh, okay. Well, may, so yeah. ni- 98 because I saw them first in 98 at their their first show, which was. The first stadium show, Foxborough, um, 1998. The ticket stub I could not find to tweet out from uh, Instagram for Flashback Thursday or whatever they call it, Throwback Thursday. <laughs> well, see um, how it all ties together. It all kind of comes together like that. It does. Well, I, I, uh, my last show that I saw them with um, was Spack Night Two from from 2001. Um, it, it just wasn't pretty. It definitely was not a pretty show. Uh, I'm not a huge fan. Of the ladies, um, but a lot of that got to the point where it uh, was because you were almost guaranteed to get the same six or seven songs every night. And as anybody who's a fan of this band knows, you know one of the one of the great benefits to this band is the the variety in its live shows. Now that's debated, and the measure of that is argued tour to tour. But 
overall, when you can expect six to eight songs every night to be the same, it's uh, it, it puts quite a drag on things, for me at least. I wholeheartedly agree. I think that was a big problem that happened in 2001. I saw them in West Palm Beach in um, 2001. And, and in fact, after they um, popped out on stage and I stopped laughing for a while, I, I said to my wife, I said, you probably don't remember, but do you remember when we saw the lovely ladies? And she said, yeah, I remember they sang on something like Angel from Montgomery, which was actually Angel. <laughs> All I remember is they were God awful. That's what she said. And, and, and it's true. I mean, it's just they took a song and that angel is just burned into my head of 17 minutes of just nonstop jam at the end that was just unbearable completely unbearable and this isn't a mark against their singing abilities the three girls can sing fabulously they are outstanding fantastic singers i just do not like anything that they bring to the shows and mainly it's because i saw them in 98 and probably in 99 i saw them in 2000 and 2001 just was enough so is angel better with or without Angel's better not played. That's like um that's like what's what's a better way of getting stabbed in the heart or in the brain? You just want to avoid the stab altogether. Exactly. I mean really, I mean I I mean I I mean I distinctly remember like 7 minutes into it just going, "Okay, I can't be here anymore." And we got up and we walked out and we were just kind of walking around and there were so many people just in the concession stands and everything. We went back before the song ended and it I mean it, it looked like I mean, it looked like a bomb went off. There was just emptiness everywhere. And this is before the pit was there. So even down front, people were just gone. I mean, there's just big groups of seats that were just wide open. So I have a, I have a theory to postulate here. Um, I don't believe the, the ladies got too much flack in like 98, 99, correct? I mean, they were still considered a, a special performance. Well, 98, they only came out and did stay. Right. Nine, 99 is when they started branching a little bit, but really 2000, 2001, really 2001 is when it got really bad. So, to that point, you said 2001. I'm glad you mentioned that. Do you think a lot of the ill will might have derived from the fact that they were playing, not only were they out there guesting, but they were guesting on a lot of everyday songs? Yes, I think that has a lot I mean, to do with it. Yeah, I'm looking at the SPAC show, and not only did I get space between if I had it all every day and I did it, but I got all four of those songs with the lovely ladies. I I think that's kind of, you know, stink by association. And, and then they took songs which, I mean, it's debatable. Some people liked it. Some people, I certainly didn't like it. I never liked them on JTR. Um, I did not never like them on Best of What's Around. And, oh, that's bad. Oh, yeah. And, and the fact that they sang on Minarets is a crime uh-huh. in 17 states. Uh-huh. I mean, really, that was just the thing that just pushed me over the top. It's like, seriously, you're singing on Minarets? Really? Oh, I, I completely agree. Um, I, I don't know. I, I know they played Long Black Veil last night, and I know that's probably going to be, I think the majority of fans out there are going to enjoy that and like that. I'm not a huge fan. Um but again, it's the same thing. You know, you've got your twelve-minute version of it because every single one of the ladies has to go through and have their own vocal solo, and that's just. I'm in a Dave Matthews Band show, and I want to see great musicianship. And three backup singers don't really bring that for me, at least. Uh, Longback Vale, they each do a solo. I seem to remember they go through the line and they all do their own "Nobody Knows But Me" thing. Yeah, if they don't all do, at least a couple of them do. I mean, I remember that being pretty ridiculous, too. Well, um, so we were talking before we even started this podcast, and we were trying to remember. Um, we couldn't find the evidence, but um, there was word that Steve Lillywhite had some things to say when he used to do a, a little bit of a um, radio show. Uh, what was that about, J-Man? Well, essentially, summing it, summing it up, what he said was it was a mistake to use them on stay. Um, and that's sort of... The, the very short version of saying what he said. And I, I think that doesn't get any more clear than that. I mean, you can read into that whatever you need to, but really he didn't like it. And he was the producer and, and I've heard stay with them and I've heard stay without him. I actually like stay without him a little bit better. I actually liked stay a lot in 2004 when Carter and, and Butch did the background vocals on it. Yeah. You know, I just, I, I don't, they're, they're great singers. They're very, very, very good singers. I just don't think they do anything that works with the band. They did. A, they used to sing on True Reflections too, oh. and 
their voices with Boyd's voice don't exactly mesh. Well, I'll say this. I like Stay on the Album as is. Now, if I knew what it would have birthed, right? You know, out of context, I lo- I don't I think it's fine. I think it sounds good. I think Steve did a good job with the production of it. Um but I I I find it I wonder if Steve would say that was my mistake bringing them in. Probably not because of how Stay on the Album came out, but just because of what it's kind of grown into. Yeah, but what did it sound like without him? I'm you know, the st- studio the studio cut, that's what I mean. I mean, you know, we don't know. Maybe right. one day when they do the 25th anniversary before these crowded streets we'll get a chance to hear it it would be well joe and i will you'll probably be long gone (laughs) (laughs) exactly well i think we need to turn this freaking bus around because you guys are all a whole bunch of uh, poo-poos on this party here i was excited when when they when i heard that they came out last night as was twitterverse uh and and the site i would say majority of people Excited, something different, something change, and what maybe they can add something to the some of the songs that they haven't been around for since two thousand one. I would say majority of people are super excited, and you guys may have seen we tweeted um, a link coffin recorded video um, and to this whole reprise discussion of the whole place, the whole crowd going crazy singing the honey honey part um, when the ladies first came out. So I would say general general reception has been very positive and. Potentially, you two have the minority opinion here. Oh, I, I don't doubt that I have the minority opinion, I'm, and I'm sure Matt and I are in the same boat. We're, we're both in the minority. There's no doubt about it. And, and this is what I said on the message board. Okay, you know, there's two types of fans. There's those that never saw the lovely ladies, and they're like, oh, great, that's so cool, because who would have ever thought they would get a chance to see them? And then there's those of us that saw the lovely ladies and said, okay, I'd never want to see them again. And, you know, you can put a between in there if you want, but really, I mean, that's that's kind of what it is. There's how many times know, did how many times did you see the lovely ladies? I saw them. You're gonna make me count, aren't you? Or do you know Matt? Why um, he counts? I can do a, One, a really two, quick search three. here. Uh, I can't actually, but I didn't see a ton of shows in um, at that at that stage of my. They didn't. I don't. <clears throat> pardon me. Well, they were at Ralph Wilson Stadium in 2000. I'm guessing. Yeah, they were. Yep. Like mm-hmm. so, and then SPAC in two thousand. Uh, were they two thousand or two thousand one? Two thousand winter tour at uh, at Pepsi Arena in Albany. Um, they were not there for that, so I saw them probably five times. Five times if if they were at if they were at SPAC, SPAC two thousand. Um, they were not there either. And my first show, which is Ralph Wilson and Ralph Wilson in two thousand, they were there. So like four times, no more than four times. Yeah. Okay. And I've got. Five, it looks like uh, Foxborough in 98 and 99, Giants Stadium 98 99, and then I did not see them in 2000. I thought I did, but I did not. And then I saw them in um, 2001 at West Palm. Oh my, oh my God. At that Ralph Wilson show in 2001 with the ladies I got, I did it, JTR, Angel, Every Day, Space Between, and Stay. Oh. Oh. I'm sorry. That's, yeah, that's... four times I saw them. Four times. I think, yeah, I, like real- I think I got them twice. I got them twice, and probably the 700 times I watched the listener-supported uh, DVD or VHS, <laughs> I should say. Well, I was still listening to a lot of tapes back then too, so I think I think I got my fill even more so with that. Even though I only saw them four times in person, I was downloading pretty much all the shows of those tours and listening. It just—it's it, like I said before, and I know I'm repeating myself. It's not fair to them. It's nothing personal to them. But I, you know, for a lot of older fans, that's going to be the sentiment. I mean, that's the way people are going to feel the that same way we are. I, I hope they don't just do uh, all the same songs they used to do. I hope we they branch out and uh, hopefully get make something pretty interesting. I hope it's not Dream Girl um, <laughs> that they all do the intro to or something. Just jinxed um, it. You just jinxed it. Uh, about, mark it uh, down. Uh, Setless game players, mark it down. Next show opens with Dream Girl. Maybe we could start a Twitter campaign for um, for um, Angel to come back. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> God. I, I, suddenly, the ladies. So you might, uh, Jake. You like the ladies a little bit more now, don't you? <laughs> I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna send it out. Angel Camden. Hashtag. Oh boy. 
well, the, the good kids of Camden need that. You did well, you did uh, the work, Jake. Me, you you laid you laid down all the remaining shows in June. Go ahead. You saw the light at the end of the tunnel, though, right? Well, apparently, uh, somebody posted that um, Cindy of the uh, ladies is going on tour with Steely Dan on July second. So, and one of them, and I'm sorry, I didn't do the research, but um, one of them sings with um, Bruce Springsteen. Also, I don't know what Springsteen's schedule is this summer, but that was the one that I know was in that uh, documentary, 20 Feet from Sp- Stardom, the um, one Academy Award for Best Documentary. It was okay, by the way. It wasn't that great. Um, actually, it was kind of bad, but that's beside the point. Um, so I would say they're at least going to be around, quote unquote, in June. And when you look at the June shows, um, I don't even know how to say that. It's Holmel, New Jersey, where the heck, wherever the heck that is. Um, then they've got whatever uh darien lake so that's new york the two shows in camden which is essentially philly um out of deer creek and then uh, canada so they have to sing soul e and then michigan and ohio one of my favorite venues in the country blossom that's a shame blossom yeah blossom's great blossom had that great uh, live tracks 29 from last year's a great show and then ending up uh, right outside pittsburgh so, you know, you're talking about bigger cities, sort of. Um, you know, how many are they going to appear at? I, I would I would venture to guess they're going to be around New York, New Jersey, at the very least. Any guess that they might be trying to, the band, that is, trying to jumpstart some of the early 2000 magic with the uh, inclusion? No. no I wouldn't be, that wouldn't <laughs> be the reason I would think they would bring them on. Uh, you know, that's that's sort of, you know, it's the big speculation game is, you know, why are they bringing them on? What happened? What's going on? You know, maybe they just they were in town. They thought they had a chance that, hey, let's go ahead and try this. We haven't tried this in 14 years. Well, if, you, if you recall, at the beginning, as they pumped up this tour, they said special guests would join them throughout the tour. Um, and that when maybe when they sat down and thought about who were the special guests going to be, they're like, hey, let's get the ladies back. Yeah, exactly. Just what everybody wanted because nothing's going to bring back the hardcore fan like bringing back the memories of the 2001 tour. It's <laughs> a good I mean, point. It you know, and and I and, and we're sounding like the biggest Debbie Downers in the world. And, and if you like them, that's fine. That's great. It's perfectly fine. You can enjoy them if you've never seen them. I mean, you probably never thought you would. But you know, I'm, I'm looking on on the boards, and somebody made their very first post. At Ants, they registered like two years ago, and this drew them out and made them go ahead and comment. I'm just going to sum it up and clean up a little bit. The lovely ladies, a.k.a. the talentless waste of space, I disagree with that, um, returning was the worst news I have heard all year. Now there's a dark cloud over the shows the rest of the summer, knowing at any point they could come out on stage. As soon as they were brought out last night, I knew Crappy Stay was about to be played. I thought this... um, (laughs) Mieda ended for good in 2001. Well, so, so AKA, welcome, AKA for sale, two tickets, the rest of the tour. Exactly. I mean, and that's how people are going to react that saw shows back then because it wasn't a pleasant time. 2001 was not a great tour. And the, the sad part about it is if you actually go back and listen to a tape and listen to a, 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 DVD, a CD recording or whatever you have, the performances of the songs are really, really, really good. I mean, the band played very, very well. It's just the song choice is not what anybody wanted to hear. And then you and drag I think the that's, ladies you're out. Taking out. You're taking it out on the lovely ladies because of the song choice. A- absolutely, but there's, but also I didn't like them on JTR, and I didn't like them on Best, and I certainly didn't like them on Minarets. So. You know, that's not that it's not like they're sitting back there going, hey, you know what, Dave, we're going to jump in on minarets. Is that cool? You know, <laughs> you know, they're not just putting putting the microphones out there whenever they wanted to. Somebody said, hey, you know what the song needs? These ladies. So, I mean, you, you met. So, Matt, you teased the, the poll. We have a poll up on the front page. Uh, what's the, what's the latest on the poll? Well, it's fairly new. We just got it up this morning, but it's, it's so it's a small sample size. But we're looking at about a two thirds result. Is positive. They're happy about it. The ladies wow. are back. So, uh, you know, two out of every three voters wants more ladies. So, I don't know if that... I would say that um, 
if you had if I had a guess, I would say attendance at shows is kind of going in one direction because you aren't getting as many young um young fans on board as much recently but then Joe you said you went to SPAC and you said there was a really a, a very youthful crowd very young crowd for one and uh secondarily with the results of this poll I got to think these are more these are newer fans these are younger fans with this with this uh voting result I mean 2001 I mean it's it's a ways back right it's a ways I, back I mean there's not a lot of people that stick with a band um for that long but, but at the same time this is like a crazy. band that's got a really unique hardcore following i think more than most you're going to see more hardcore fans with this band still around after 15 years than than most bands well yeah that's obvious yes I, i'm not disputing that but still we have a lot of people that didn't get a chance to hear them um and it's something new and like i said i i hope they prove you guys wrong i hope they pull out um i don't hope they don't keep the same set of songs i hope they venture into some new space and i hope they they raise the level of songs or add some new twist to it, and I hope you guys end up liking it and they prove you wrong. Can we hold you responsible, Joe, if it if it turns into the S show that it had in uh, 2001? You can absolutely not hold me responsible. No? I'm going to edit that down in the release of the podcast to remove not, and we'll be all good. Exactly. <laughs> not, 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 not. Wonderful. Not going to have a lot of editing to do. <laughs> you know, I, I don't think that the problem for the band is necessarily the new fans. I, I, I think that what you're seeing a lot is the quote-unquote hardcore fan and how in the past they would travel to multiple shows uh, known as the Joe M travel plan and see six, seven, eight, fifteen shows a the, year. The Joe M tour featuring Dave Matthews band. Exactly. <laughs> And that number has shrunk down. And you can just talk to people that you can just look at people that saw shows even in like really the the line was 2012. 2012 is when sort of the hardcore said, "Okay, I've really seen Shake Me Like a Monkey way too many times the last three years. Now it's been two years past that. That's the number that shrunk down. So are you going to draw in new fans with the ladies or are you going to draw in the hardcores with the ladies? Well, you're not going to really draw in any new fans. I mean, it's, the new fans are coming or they're not coming. It's not like anyone's going, oh, my God, you mean there's three ladies I've never heard of singing backup? That's awesome. Okay, that's not going to happen. The hardcores are the ones you need to draw back. What does that mean? Well, how are you going to get an extra 500 to each show? You don't, you don't agree, Joe. No, there's no way that they are. That's why they're bringing the ladies on is to try to get an extra 500 ticket sales. That's no, just, no, no, that's that, no. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that's what the plan is. I'm just saying what's going to draw in hardcore fans. And it's not. It's not really a guest. It's not. It's the music. It's the songs. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. That that's what's going to draw it in. You know, if if they play Monkey Man on June the 11th, they're going to sell a lot more tickets on. The shows for the 13th and the 14th from people that didn't think they were going to go. That's a really good point. I've made rash decisions like that. I've gotten burned for it, but yeah. I've made rash decisions like that. After, hey, how, uh, was that, um, how was that 2002 show? Yeah, yeah. it was wonderful. <laughs> I, I don't think I've told that story yet. No, tell us all about it. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, but, I think this tour is your number one marketing campaign for next year's tour. And the worst thing that they could have from a business perspective, from a user experience at a show, is feel that it was the same as the last time they went. And, it's not, and they're not interested in coming again. It's, why am I going to go next year? I'm just going to hear it. It's going to sound just like the show I went to the previous year. It's the same thing over and over again. So their jobs keep you feeling like every year it's going to be something different, something exciting, and you're going to want to come back for next year. And so how do they keep it fresh? Obviously, two set um, DB two sets is the biggest thing this year, but they're still trying to mix things up otherwise um, and introducing guests like the ladies. And I hope there's more guests. I hope that you know the ladies are here through the beginning of July, and um, the rest of the tour we get uh, maybe a little somebody different. I don't know. Joe, back in uh, 2010, you saw probably your only your hundredth show of the year of the time of the year probably even that was the first show in Hartford. Do you remember the first show in Hartford that year? Was I'm that about the, to click on the set list. Was it they opened the tour in Hartford that year? Yep. Um, I can slowly remember it. I'll tell it, you right now that that Kit, they play Kit Kat Jam at that show. Yes, they did. 
Yeah. That yeah. that show probably sold more tickets for the rest of the tour than any show has ever done. Mm-hmm. Opening with JTR seven, then hello again. Mm-hmm. I mean, right there, that's just saying hello, hardcore fan. Look what we're playing. Hello. Even though Hello Again fell apart after that, they only played it like three times. Uh, that, that's the hardcore fan. I'm just telling you, uh, the, the, if you take a percentage of the venue, the ones that the percentage of the venue that sees what the opening show is. If you if I go to a poll at a venue and I say, "Hey, you see you see the set list of the opening show this season," I'd tell, I'd say nine out of ten would say no. Maybe maybe even maybe yeah. more than that um, would yeah, say I'm, no. I have no I, I have no idea what the opening show of the tour was. I'm um, telling you right now, every every single show you go to, twenty five percent of the crowd is hardcore fan. Well, I I take that back. Twenty twelve and earlier, twenty five percent of the crowd is hardcore fan. Now after 2012, I think that number decreases because you saw the numbers fall back in 2013, and to an extent, they've fallen back this year. I'm telling you, they, the, the majority, they are hardcore in the sense that they go to their hometown show every year, um, but they are not seeing what, the, what the, the show, the tour opens with. I just Brian, you guys going back and forth, you just carry on. I'm, I'm relaxing. <laughs> I was, I was waiting for you to jump in. I mean, you helped me out last time. I thought we had him again. Jake, I, you know, listen, I love you, but I, I, can't, I can't hitch my wagon to your star that much. I just can't. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. All right, I, can, I will concede. We miss okay. you. <laughs> Welcome back to the must, podcast. Must have been a lot of fun last time. You guys just agreeing with each other the whole damn time. <laughs> like a- <laughs> we, still, we still buried you, even though you didn't have a chance to defend yourself. So. Oh, that's a surprise. Why I refuse to listen at a protest. <laughs> well, um, we have uh, a couple of questions regarding um, regarding the tour. Um, we were talking about song variety, and while it's still early, um, John Vickery writes in and uh, asks that even though it is early, why does it seem like the acoustic sets are pretty stagnant? Um, what are you? You were getting about eight songs a night in set one. And yeah. I haven't done the math on it, but I'm, I'm, you know, I don't know how many unique songs they played in that first set, but I don't think it's nearly as wide as set two. Um, I think part of it might be a rehearsal thing, right? That, you know, they, they just haven't nailed down what these songs want to feel like, and they want to really make sure it's a good performance and not just a song they're throwing out there, um, just to do it differently. That, that'd be my guess, that they're... I think the band is still safe still safer than they were when they were just starting out. Um, I think you're seeing a side effect of that. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think, I think you're right on it. I think it's just, um, I think it's twofold. It's, it's that. And I think it's the first set is sort of in, in a way for the older fans saying, Hey, look at all these old songs we're playing. Now we're playing them acoustically. And that's why really there's, you know, just a few songs that are being thrown in there that are new. Snow Outside got played uh, in Mansfield on, on the 7th last night from when we're recording this. Um, that's a newer song that actually uh, a lot of fans like. So other than that, there's really most of the songs are, are older. Um, Stolen, quote unquote, fans uh, like off an album that traditionally they wouldn't like. We're losing you, Jake, just so you know. Go ahead. I think now would be a good time as any to take a break. And I just dropped my mouse. Sure, this is wonderful. All right. We're going to take a break here. We will be right back. When we come back, we'll we'll take a couple more questions, and we'll uh, try to wrap up, try to move on from this ladies thing and look forward for the rest of the tour. So uh, thanks for listening to the Ants Podcast. We'll be back right after these words.
Hey, welcome back to the AntsMarching.org podcast. Thanks for uh, sticking with us through that little break there. Uh, we have a couple uh, more user questions we wanted to get to before we before we wind this thing down. Uh, Ritteru asks, Ants Marching, do you all agree that The Trouble With You would be a perfect acoustic set song? And will we hear Beach Ball? Yeah, what do you think? Of, uh, let's go to you, Joe. Would it be a good acoustic song? Um... I can think of a couple other ones I think I would like to hear before that, um, but it would probably be pretty good. It'd probably be pretty good. I think you uh, fall into bo- like, is this a new song territory for a lot of fans? I bet there's. Oh yeah, s- I, yes. Go ahead, Jake. I was going to agree with you absolutely. I think I think that if they played it, I mean, hell, if I heard it at a show, I'd be like, what is this? It would probably take me a full minute until he started singing to figure out what it was. I mean, that's not a song I listen to very often, but I think you would get. Um, kind of like a cool factor of saying, oh, wow, they finally played it. It is kind of surprising that, that they never played it. It's a very rarity um, for them not to play a studio song. It's only that that we know of and um, and Dreams of Our Dreams Fathers. Of our fathers. Yeah, which is essentially impossible. If you ever heard any of the sound checks from 2001, it just they couldn't play it. Dave couldn't sing it and play it at the same time. Yeah, it but was too fast. you got to think with Tim now, that kind of goes away. It's yeah. Sorry, to, uh, but yeah, I mean, that that's something I, I think we even talked about this back in 08 about um, if that song would possibly come back. But it seems as though that song is just completely forgotten. And plus it had the refrain from Little Thing, which was just ridiculous that they took the refrain from Little Thing and stuck it in that stupid song. How do you really feel? Well, <laughs> let me tell you. Let me, let me tell you how I feel about every day, really. I mean, just... <laughs> You know what it actually would be good for that song? Actually, the ladies could do that song because there's there's a little bit of a chorus uh, part there that. Uh, That's my head do. hitting the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So, will Beach Ball come back then? Will Beach Ball come back? Um, for Rashawn's case, I hope so because Rashawn kills that song. Um, though. They do that song significantly different. Um, there's a couple outstanding performances of it, and then a couple just average um, performance of it. And there's not a lot to choose from because they haven't really played it that much. Um, are you just saying acoustic comeback or comeback in general? Uh, I bl- you know, you know, I think the question was probably framed around acoustic, but we might have, uh, let's take it wide at all, basically overall. Yeah. Um, no, it won't come back. Huh. I would love to see it come back. I, I really like the song, but I, I agree with you, Joe. I mean, there's there's some performances that are really good, and there's some that really aren't. And the one that was released um, in 2009, I think it was the iTunes series. Um, it was a released, um, fully mixed version, and that sounds fantastic. That that version is great. And then we all saw one in 2012 in West Palm Beach. I don't remember which night it was, night one or night two. But um, it was definitely a toned-down version of it from the uh, 09 version, which wasn't as sharp, I don't think. Yeah, I, I, I just, it was one of those songs that I think would probably require this, this second set, a full band kind of, um, so quote-unquote, electric. I just think the driving of that, of the drum back there, I think it needs a little bit more than just like bongos to get going. So I would think if it does come back, it's coming back in set two. I would love to see it. I think it's a fantastic um, summer song. I just, I really like it. You know what would be interesting is it could be done with just Dave and Rashawn. Well, uh, let's start a hashtag campaign. <laughs> why has everything got to be a hashtag campaign? <laughs> That's why I said it. Angel in Camden. Hashtag. Trending. That's how things get done nowadays, Joe. That's how business is done. Show me, show me one DMB thing that's happened because of a hashtag. Did they play Ghostbusters a couple years ago in uh, SPAC? <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> All right, that's so, probably the most trending one that there that existed and that didn't happen. What about Occupy Gray Street? Trying to get the the uh, fourth <laughs> lyric back. <laughs> Was that Forgot a real thing? That. Yeah, yeah people, oh people held God. signs up. I think. Yeah, Occupy, Occupy Gray Street. Wow, that Was needs there... to come back. That really needs to come back. The that extra verse for Gray Street really, really, really needs a return. I agree. Why don't you 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 people that make signs? Why don't you do that? Put that on a sign. Occupy Gray Street. Come on, 
Get with it. None of this stupid, love. I love, love 40 or whatever. <laughs> 40 shows, play 40. Nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, on that, <laughs> on that note, uh, Robbie Idle asks, Ants Marching, what are the odds of getting a full return of 36 this tour, also known as Everyday Reprise? <laughs> Thanks to the lovely ladies. Yeah, why don't you bring that as a sign next time? Bring Everyday Reprise on a sign and hold it up. <laughs> I think um, I think you, it, you could bet on it uh, pretty much as much as you'd bet on California Chrome. Ooh, oh, wow. Disappointing. Disappointing and timely at the same time. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's not coming back. Look, it's dead. It's D-E-A-D dead. It has no chance of coming back. So, in other words, it'll be played tomorrow night because we're saying that. <laughs> but it would be great. I, I love it. I actually saw a number 36. I am happy that I saw one. I saw one in, I don't remember one, 1998, I think. And um, never thought I would see one. And now I never will see one again. Yeah, and I don't think it's so much dead as it's just been assimilated into 36. I mean, the the band is happy with it. It, it likes the vibe. They've, they've liked that groove for a long time. And they just, you know, as far as they're concerned, it's not gone, right? It's it just moved into part of every day. So I think that's the best we're going to get. And, and, you know, that drives me nuts. You know, I hate that with a passion. I've talked about this before. How they start playing every day and the, band, and the fans start chanting, honey, honey. I mean, they're chanting for a song that doesn't exist. They're, they're chanting for a prior version of the song. You so know, it'd be similar sick. as if they stopped playing Little Thing altogether. Not that he plays it a lot. But, like, if the chance of hearing Little Thing ever again was just gone because they played Dreams of Our Fathers now on the reg. Yeah, it would be like that. It would be like if they started playing Satellite and instead of everyone singing Satellite, they go after her. You know, it, it's an earlier version of a song, and it's an earlier version of a song that people like. Although that's why it originally started. I mean, now people are just chanting it because they think that's what you're supposed to do is just chant it. I mean, when, the, when it originally started, it started in Las Vegas in 2001, and it was essentially a reaction from the fans that didn't want to hear every day. They wanted to hear 36, and they started singing, and the band jumped into it, and it, and it really took off from there. That's where it started. That's how the whole honey honey thing started that that was well, not not where honey honey started but where honey in, honey in every, every day. day yeah i'm sorry the everyday reprise as it's known that yes <laughs> well yes. I, so forget about the songs that are involved in it but that's got to be one of the coolest fan interaction things i think the band pardon me i'm about to sneeze so i'm gonna put it on oh i missed it not too Oof. darn anyway so uh Okay. They always come in twos. Here we go. Yeah, I know. I'll be like, all right. Like so I, think that, I think that's one of the coolest things that happens at a show, though. And forget about the songs or how you might feel about you know 36 assimilating into every day. But I've been at some of those early shows when that started where they um, the crowd continued to serenade the band in the encore and kind of just call them back out with the song. And that is really, really a cool experience if, if you've ever been lucky enough to, to be at a show when that's happened. Um I don't care what song it is. That's a pretty cool experience to go through. Even if it's thank you? Uh, no. I, it's <laughs> Listen, it's not completely unqualified. you got to have some limits, some rules. <laughs> I am just the biggest Debbie Downer today. Well, you're, you probably laid out some, some mega bucks on the horse yesterday. You lost, and now you're pissed off. No, I had the 11. I'm fine. I did perfectly <laughs> fine. I, I don't even know his name, but I know I had the 11 to win. Oh, you degenerate. Uh, you know, it only, it's three times a year, plus the, you know, a couple other big ones. Here <laughs> well, Jake, I'm going to throw a curveball your way. This is kind of out of nowhere, but oh, it's a question that was asked last week that we didn't get to, and I might totally be setting you up for a dud here, and, and for that I apologize if that's the case. But uh, Philip Maggio asks, has there been any additional information to come out about Dave's side project with Jacob Dylan? The knots. <laughs> Do, can I just make every not pun that's humanly possible? Been done. Let's just skip skip the formalities. I mean, here's the thing. Here's the thing about that. They make this announcement saying, "Hey, look, there's this new supergroup formed, and they're going to do this and that, and they're in the studio." And keep listening. We're going to give you updates, and that was it. Nothing more. So, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, it just ain't happening. And whatever they thought was going to happen ain't going to happen. So, I, I think it's just completely and utterly dead. If you actually go on the message board and read the thread, it's literally three pages of not 
puns. That's all it is. <laughs> yeah. Now, did they really hype it up, or was it just mentioned? The article I read, Dave's name was just kind of down there, just as a musician, you know, who's jamming around. It didn't seem to me like, and maybe I'm not talking about the same thing that you've seen, but um, I didn't see a lot of press about it. Uh, it got picked up by a few of the music um, usual places. I, I think Billboard picked it up. But, and, but was um, it a press release, though? Because if, if it wasn't a press release, I can't really put any blame on anyone in, as part of it. I mean, um, now, if they went out and announced and said, hey, Dave's a part of the supergroup, or Jacob Dylan's, you know, people put it out and say, hey, check this out, that's one thing. But if it just was a, a rumor that, you know, snuck out there, not to say it's not true, but if it wasn't reported as a release and it was just like, hey, we heard this, I really can't put any blame on the people for, for hyping it up. And the media is going to be the media, right? Well, well, I can say, I think I can say this without getting too much trouble, but I mean, we antsmarching.org received email from the knots people asking us to mention it and talk about it so well okay then somebody thought it was happening at least i think it's time to follow up on that on our end yeah maybe we should <laughs> have to find well, that right well sorry that sorry philip that there's not much more information on that that we know of but uh we'll be tracking it down like the rabid dogs we are sure we will Joe, you're on it. That's your assignment. Yeah, <laughs> I, was, I just read. I was just reading. I mean, it looks like it originally came from um, from a website called Mix Online. So I, I know them to be pretty um, reputable when it comes to music news. Question mark? Question mark? <laughs> Maybe dot dot dot. <laughs> well, okay, so. I, we were talking about this again in the break, but it's something that's totally random. But when we were talking about, you know, songs not played, songs that should be played, you know, we got a shortage of songs in the acoustic set that might come back. So it just kind of opened up the open up the floodgates on what songs should come back. Uh, and we talked about Cigarette Lit. And for those that don't know, Cigarette Lit was recorded during the Some Devil sessions and subsequently leaked, um, not as part of that album. And when when it was talked about um it was it was said that the song was was too full for a Dave solo album basically implying that this is a full band song this is not a solo album song and so really it, it got pretty 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 good momentum that hey we're going to hear the song eventually but that was that was 03 that was over 10 years ago that song has seen hide nor hair um I think it's a wonderful song. It's not just one of those songs that's rare that would be cool to hear, but yes, that's true. I think it's a great song, um, and I don't know why we haven't heard it yet. Um, but do you guys have any thoughts on that, That why why we might not have seen that so far? Is it just destined to become another song that just gets forgotten about? I hope that's the reason, because I agree with you. It, it's really a great, great song. Um, it's very surprising that it fell apart. If you... If you, if you picked up Live Tracks 23, that's the Dave and Tim show from 1996, there's a song on there called Hold Me Down. Um, part of the refrain from, it's all about refrains today, from uh, Hold Me Down uh, actually got incorporated into Cigarette Lit. As far as I know, and I'm looking right this very second, the only time Cigarette Lit was played live the UK. was actually in the UK in... Um, Hanover Ballroom in London, England. That was November twelfth, two thousand one. Right, and they called Dave. Dave did it as an intro. Pause at that time. Yes, it was uh, originally the pregnant pause, I believe. And and not and that's what it was until the song got leaked, and then we went back and listened to the tape and said, "Whoa, that was cigarette lit." Yes. Um, yeah, no, you're right. It's it's all about the reprisals, and historically, the band has done that. They've taken jams and bits and pieces and either made them into songs or uh, or basically melded them into other songs. Like, well, you've got uh, anyone seen The Bridge makes an appearance on the, uh, in the, um, what do you want to call it, transition in between songs on Before These Crowded Streets? Yes. Yeah, that was, uh, when that, that was actually after it was played live, because it was played live in 1996. Right. right. But you can, you can even go back further than that. You can go back to 1995 um, in Cincinnati, and you can hear Raven. I mean, it's clear, yep. clear as day. It's Raven, and that was five years later. It got played, and um, you know, you can hear some chords for songs even further back than that. Well, Rapunzel came out of a jam, a sound Rapun jam, right? Uh, it was actually played live. It was in uh, Montana. 
got played live in 1994. So that was another one that got brought back. So they've done that before. And, you know, they still, when, when they were sound checking, they, that's where a lot of their stuff came from. In fact, um, Stefan mentioned that on Twitter, I think it was before the tour started, how the greatest sound check song they ever did was 41. So 41 started as a sound check and they made it into what it is. Yeah, I, I still remember that. That recording's out there, and I, I think we have it up for download in, in uh, the 1995 area of the uh, download section on Ants uh, at Duke University. Uh, 41 yeah. Police, it was called, because they said it, they thought it sounded like a police song. Um, and you could, um, if you don't want to download it from us, but you should do that also, but you can also um, pay for it by downloading it from uh, So hopefully they'll. Say that one more time, Jay, because I think you were breaking up. Uh, it's available on DMB Live also. The um, the two-track recordings that the uh, band does. Oh, okay. I didn't know they put that up. Yeah, they put that out about a year ago. That's uh, It's actually April 7th, 1995. That's correct. Great show. 40s on that. 41, very first 41. Yeah. It's a great, wonderful show. Great it's a good, that's a good version. It's a really good version of um, the first one. Even if you... Uh, just download it from us and just listen to that song. Just even if you just download that song, you got to check it out. It's, it's it's basically you can hear it. It's forty one. Just the lyrics aren't there. I don't think they really it. have the the chorus as well built in. I think it's just verse, verse, verse. It seems like right, but it's just sort of that sort of gives you an idea of how songs change into meld into what we know now. Yeah. Well, so, um, one of our one of our Ants Plus members in the chat here asked. Okay, so. Here's a serious question. What about the B-sides and the unreleased albums? Speaking of, you know, unplayed songs, um, I think that you won't see that until the band... I don't think you'll see a Greatest Hits or unreleased B-sides album from the band. I know they've done the best of what's around. But something like unreleased B-sides, I think, is when the band is finally hangs up the uh, guitar, so to speak. I mean, I think the earliest you'll hear it is the 25th anniversary because essentially nothing happened for the 20-year anniversary. So 25 would be 2016. So, you know, maybe in two years is about the earliest you'll hear something if you were going to hear something. But I tend to agree with you, Matt. I think it's really going to be just when they're done. That's when they open up the vaults. 2016 will also be our, well, it'll be our 15th year anniversary for the site. We'll be in our 15th year. We won't yet be 15, but that'll be our 15th year. So maybe we'll do something something for that but joe you're making a face explain yourself <laughs> no i my face was to jake's comment there, there is no what way surprise <laughs> you and me are fighting after this I'm it's happened you. a couple times in this podcast um uh there's no way they are releasing any material while the band is still still at it regardless of if it's their 25th 30th 50th 100th year anniversary they're not if the band's still going they're not releasing any b-sides or any of that kind of stuff that's all coming once the band hangs up the hat no i agree with you i just think that if there's a chance of it it's going to be on the 25th it's not going to be on the 23rd anniversary of the band. I'm just saying if they're going to do it, they're going to save it for something special while they're still out there. It's not going to be just some, you know, it's not going to be like Live Tracks 34. Here's all the B-sides. Yep. I like, I, mean. I like it. I like it. Maybe they could do a couple B-sides with a vinyl release, maybe. They could. But you just love vinyls, that's why. Well, they did a little. They did a little something special with this. Remember two things uh, vinyl release. So, if they want to try to keep that, keep that thread going. If they decide to release the next couple albums on vinyl too, then maybe that's where some of it comes into play. Yeah, that's still available too. If uh, if you haven't ordered that, you're insane not to do that. Just for the recordings alone from 1993, all those great songs. That's did you amazing. did you order did you order mine for me? I I ordered you two. Okay, thank you. I'm doing it warehouse style where everybody gets two of everything. <laughs> except you. Yeah, except for me. <laughs> well, the the band gets back to work um Tuesday night. They go they go down, like Jake said, to Holmdale, New Jersey, and they, they stick around, um, bounce into Darien Darien Lake out, out near Buffalo and then and then back down to Camden for a two night stand. So Which is a very strange set of dates there. Like yeah. going from New Jersey all the way over across the state of New York to you know Buffalo area, and then all the way back to New Jersey. Kind of, kind of interesting. Well, this is this just shows the the gyrations and the origami that 
putting together a tour schedule is, right? I mean, you've got so many things outside of what the band wants to do. You've got a lot of different players in this that all have to have their dates line up too, and I think we're seeing that there. But uh-huh. this is what I miss, whereas when I was living in upstate New York, on a year-to-year basis, there would be 12 to 15 shows within a six-hour drive of me, and six hours is, is nothing um, to knock out. So now I'm in you know the Seattle area, and I have the gorge, unless I want to spend $800 on a round-trip ticket to fly to the East Coast. Don't forget about Oregon. Are they playing oh, down yeah. here this year? Yeah, they're playing yep. in Oregon. That's right. They're playing uh, on um, the 26th at the Les Schwab Amphitheater in lovely Bend, Oregon. I can't be that far from you. Yeah, I don't know. It's too close to Portland and the Timbers fans and all that meth. I don't, you know, something down there that... that I don't know. Allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> I don't know. I I have to go down there for work sometimes, and I do enjoy the food and the the beverage um, establishments very much. But that's but, Portland, not Bend. I don't know about Bend. Where's I? I'm for those of us that don't live anywhere close to the West Coast. Where's Bend in relation to? Do you, do you really want to know the truth? I'm going on. I'm going on Google right now. I have no idea. I have no I, I know idea. The, I know the capital Salem. I remember that. I don't know if I get an extra point for that or anything. Salem's the capital of Oregon. So, so I'm zooming out. It is. Oh man. Oh no way. It's like the center of the state. So Portland's right up there on the border between uh, Washington and Oregon. Um, Bend is Bend is way down there. Um. So. I don't know. Maybe I'll go there, but no, it's not a six. Hour, well, it probably would be about a six-hour drive from from Seattle. Ugh. I know, I know. That's two days before the gorge. Us, that's Wednesday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Joe? <laughs> Considering my travel is already booked, I can tell you officially that I will not be going to Oregon. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that's gonna be like the best show ever. They're gonna play cigarette lit twice. They probably will. They probably they always It'll, sneak it, them in. It's going to be no different than the main set. So if you want to sit with an everyday eat reprise, guaranteed. <laughs> Not happening. But uh, it'll be interesting. Um, we're kind of getting into the, the the rhythm of the band in this tour. We're start, we're starting to see um, patterns establishing themselves, and and we're starting to see some people getting annoyed with the repetitiveness of some of the sets, uh, you know, some of, some of the songs like uh, Shake Me Like a Monkey, things like that. But I think this is this is where the band, um, they sometimes go to that second gear, and we'll see if they bring out another set of, you know, rare songs or not so not so heavily played and to um, to breathe some, some more life into the tour. You guys have think, any predictions, I, anything wild we'll see out here? I mean... Camden's going to be another one of those. Let's see what the band pulls off. You know, now that we're into our official second two-night stand, uh, how does this how does this differ from SPAC? Um, you know, we got a couple. The two-night stands pretty much ramp up after there. Um, you know, with Deer Creek and Chicago and others coming up. Um, so, will be interesting to see. I know the I know the Boston crew was a little sad that they only got one show this year. Um, but uh, I think their show was pretty darn good. Uh, oh, oh, all you know, I know we talked about the ladies all, just in general, but I think the show was. I was surprised there was no Kit Kat Jam. Um, I probably would have put money that Kit Kat Jam would have got played. But overall, I thought the set was pretty pretty nice. Well, I'm. We got what five encore songs here. I mean, there were one of them was that a tease of the improv, but that's uh. I don't know if they were ending early and they just had a lot of time. Yeah, they had a lot of time. They they finished. They hit the encore break at um, like ten twenty, ten twenty five. So they yeah, had it was, ton, I think it was ten twenty two. Yeah, I mean they were crazy early. Crazy early, huh? But Is they did have. But they did have um, some devil. and um, PNP Rapunzel was already on the set. And, um, so they threw Belly Belly in there. They threw Belly Belly in there, and then Dave noodled for a little bit. And which that there is a video of that noodling um, up on on the site and on YouTube, and it is similar to some of the past noodling he has done. So uh, there's a little bit of a theme there. Don't know if it's going to turn into a song or it is a song. How yeah, far back know, does that go? How that's far a good point. Go? Yeah, he's been doing it for a few shows. I'm not. I'm not sure how many, but that's a good point, Joe. He's been playing sort of the same thing over and over. I'm pretty sure it's the same thing he played at SPAC, um, 
which was whatever night two, I guess it was. There's some noodling, quote unquote, going on that seems like it's it's trying to make itself into something. So that's something to keep an eye out for. Also, another thing to keep an eye out for, um, we mentioned a little earlier, snow outside was played in Mansfield. So I don't know if anyone remembers, but way, way back in 2012, the Dave Matthews Band released an album called Away From The World. Um, Yeah, I don't know if anybody's heard any songs from it, but apparently that's from it. Um, (laughs) So good for them that they actually dug deep into their well and found a song from way back in 2012. So... (laughs) I would like to see some more songs that aren't called Mercy played from away from the away from the world, especially Snow Outside, which I'm a big fan of. And I would also like to see a little Drunken Soldier. Yeah, since since I haven't seen the, when I go to the, hopefully go to the Gorge this uh, this year, it will be nearly two full years since I've seen a show. So most of those that album I have not seen live yet. So. Hopefully by the time those uh, those shows come around, they'll they'll be mixed into the rotation a bit more. And for a three night stand, you gotta think they're gonna they gotta they gotta get a little bit they gotta dig a little bit deeper to uh, hopefully not do any repeats because I'm I'm calling no repeats unless unless we get a guest. And while I like Danny Barnes, I think you'd be hard pressed to find people who like having the same song the same three songs every night in a three night stand. So unless we get a really like unique guest that hasn't been playing with the band for a while. Um, this tour, I think we might we might have a good shot at three shows in a row without a repeat for the Gorge as well. You, you know, that would be fantastic. Road and Caveman with the lovely ladies and Danny <laughs> with an everyday reprise. Oh, where's the beer tent? Let's set up shop. <laughs> Danny. <laughs> Poor Danny. That guy's so talented, too. Oh, He's yeah. really, I mean, really, really nice guy. Very, 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 very talented guy. And just the poor guy couldn't get a it couldn't get picked up if he was hitchhiking from a DNC. No, it, Dave screwed him. The Dave, it's Dave did the worst thing you could do for an artist that he like make the guy play the same two songs three nights in a row. I mean, for that for our fan base, for our fan base right. at the same venue, a gorge where you're expecting to hear you know different stuff. I mean, oh my gosh, you want to get people to pull their hair out? That he did. That was the perfect thing to do is play the same two songs three nights in a row. It's just yeah, you're absolutely right. It's not fair, and I still feel bad for the guy. Yeah, we did. A, we did an interview with him. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. I forgot we did that. We have to go. We're gonna have to go reference that again. Maybe if we can get some links together for this for this podcast. That's the thing. The, recording these podcasts is so much fun. I, I know I love it, Jake and Joey. I know you guys like it. And uh, the biggest bitch, pardon my language, to me is actually producing it and recording it and getting it all, or, or not recording it, but producing it and, and editing it and getting it up after the fact. So sometimes we'll record it and be like, uh, I'll cut it tomorrow. And so we want to get this out to you as soon as possible, but uh, that's what that's about. <laughs> Just getting, like, collecting the links, um, writing up the uh, summaries, it's all that, all that not fun stuff, where this is this is the meat and potatoes that we like. Yeah, this is the fun part, but just, yeah, getting all that, just getting the damn thing to record is hard enough. <laughs> it certainly can be. Um, oh, jo- jo- Jake, you wanted to mention something about the downloads, right? Oh, I was just going to mention that, you know, um, we do have the downloads still going perpetually, and that's all because of you, Matt, that hosting 2,000, 3,000 shows up there. So don't forget to head over there and leave your little um, download client, torrent client, uh, open and streaming because that really makes everything a lot faster yeah, for everybody not, else to grab them. We're not. I think you're off by an order of magnitude there. We're not quite in the two to 3,000, but we're, we, we got about nearly 300 shows up right now. Um, that was close. The end goal is to get every show that's been recorded out there and up there in perpetuity. So there's no worries about... There, we don't want there to be any worries about... You know, the show being available and then all of a sudden dropping off and you can't download it anymore because nobody's seeding it. Um, myself and a couple others are, are dedicating our, our our systems at home to be seed boxes, and the idea is to have a single copy of everything up there always uploading. I got some pretty good bandwidth out of my house, so if you're downloading and you want to get a show off Ants and it's there, not only will we be able to get it, but you'll be able to download it pretty fast too. Um, so definitely check out our download section, and like Jake said, when you're done downloading, leave your torrent client open to, uh, to give back and, and share some of what you downloaded out to the next person. So it's definitely, definitely cool. And I think, um, I think 
the, the, the shows, like the classic shows, that kind of stuff never gets old. I mean, listening to the band throughout the years and listening to how their performances change, um, their writing, their, you know, their play style, Dave's vocals, it's, it's always something that's really cool to hear. And, you know, those shows are forever. So you might as well, you know, grab them and listen to them and, and make them your collection. Absolutely. Remember, communism only works in the NFL and Torrance. <laughs> On paper, at least. Yes, on paper, in theory. <laughs> well, I, I think that's it for me. Do you guys have anything else to add? Um, you know, one thing I want to call back for our podcast. We did, uh, I think, two podcasts ago. All three of us um, took a little wager, or not a wager, took a little guess on where we thought uh, Philip Phillips' album would de- debut on the chart, his new album. And if I recall, Jake, I think yes. you said number one. Number one. Okay. I went with number one. And Matt, I think you went with number two, not or not number one, not number one. No, I think you, I think you said two. Okay, but um, drum roll, Philip Phillips hit the Billboard 200 in position seven. Yeah, oh, <laughs> Phil, some, some Phil. little. I don't think I said two. I think I said not number one. I think you, I, you think you said two. I made you. I made you guess. I think I forced you to make a number, and I think you said fine too. And I but, answered no. two with the with the point that I know it's not going to be number one. So well, we were we were pretty bad because we. Don't, I guess we haven't been in touch with album releases because a small little band released an album at the same time. Their band name is Coldplay. Um, they hit the. They came out at number one the same week, and then actually somebody named Brantley Gilbert, who I I probably should know but have no idea, was number two debut. Um, but yeah, Philip Phillips, unfortunately, number seven on the uh, his debut. Well, wow! So what do Bradley I win? Gilbert. Wow, very good. Who's Bradley Gilbert? What, what, what do <laughs> I, I win? <laughs> you didn't win. You guessed seven. I mean, you guessed two. Listen. I want the audio dug up on that first of all, but I'm pretty sure I said not one. And if I, I said wish, two, I, I meant not one. Save somewhere these podcasts. I think they just get erased once you release them to the internet. Man, now you're gonna make me go to my local disc and pull it out. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I'm pretty positive. You well, said I'm two. gonna celebrate that one later on tonight. Thank you. Thank you. I didn't. I didn't know Coldplay was still uh, popular. Okay, I didn't know that. Well, Good actually, um, congratulations. I'm not. I might be mistaken. Um, you probably see are. Here. You probably well, are mistaken. Let's see here. Let me see what it says. Neon Trees earned their first number one on the Billboard Top Rock Albums chart and highest debut on the Billboard 600 number six as Pop Psych arrives with 19,000 sold. Well, the, my thought was, I'm not sure what all that means. The new one's called Ghost Stories. But I thought Coldplay, maybe it's not Coldplay, but I thought they were in the running for um, consecutive number one albums. Um, just kind of, you know, num- DMB. Um, has the record, and Metallica may tie them. I think we pulled ahead of Metallica, but I don't know if Metallica since released an album and tied tied again. But uh, Dave Matthews Band has the record for um, most consecutive um, number one album debuts um, of any of all bands in the history of the Billboard. Um, and I thought it was Coldplay that you know was only a couple behind. And if they keep releasing albums after DMB stop, um, stops, then potentially they could overtake DMB. But uh, this little blurb I'm reading here is um, not very clear on that, so I may be mistaking Coldplay for another band. Matthew's Bang podcast, but is that Ghost Stories any good, Joe? I didn't even know the album was coming out. Oh, okay. I, I, I guess Neon Trees must be the single. That makes sense now, and that's why it's on the top of the rock, rock album. I, I didn't care for their last album. But you know, all I know is every time they come up in Pandora, it's thumbs down. <laughs> <laughs> and he loves the thumbs up Creed. I I I know they have a song called Yellow, and that's all I know. I don't even know if it's called Yellow. I just know he says Yellow in it a lot. <laughs> that's all I know about him. And that was the guy that was married to stupid. Uh, what's her face? Everybody hates. Oh, uh, the Queen of Caltro. Oh yeah, yeah, wackadoo. And, yeah, and her stupid kid Apple. <laughs> Well, I guess uh, no offense to the kid. I'm sure the kid's a fine person. It's just, it's just has a terrible name. Well, he's traumatized for life now. Jake called him out. Yes. Well, I, I no, su- no offense to Apple. I'm sure you're a fine person if you're a boy or a girl. That right there, folks, is what you call a backpedal. <laughs> well, I don't like them. I don't like to make fun of kids completely. It's not like their fault. Like it's not like the kid said, you know, my name should be Apple. You know, very rarely do you see kids name themselves. It's usually the dumb parents that come up with the names. <laughs> usually. Generally speaking, well, yeah. I guess that's a good note to end on. Uh, 
as as any, unless anybody else has uh, another great revelation to uh, come out with. Coldplay's fourth consecutive number one, so they got a little ways to go. They got a ways to go. Good for them. Well, and, and it could be a Tiger Woods situation too, or Chris Martin or wait, might go right maybe into the it's, tank. Maybe it, maybe it's number six. Excuse oh, me, six. Still, Chris Martin. It, it remains to be seen whether he goes into the tank after the wife leaves, like the way, uh, you know, Tiger, Tiger, Woods. Tiger Woods. I mean, he's yeah. done. He's done. Well, is he going to start singing out of tune? Is it just going <laughs> to? You, you, you never. Oh, oh, who's he going to steal from now? That's the question. Oh. Ooh, low blow. Wow. <laughs> Uh, anyway, I guess that's a, that's as good as any. We hope you all enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Joe and Jake, awesome to uh, chat with you as always. Thank you to our Ants Plus members for sticking with us and joining in the fun and, and postulating some questions there in the chat room. Um, hit us up on Twitter. We're at Ants Marching. On Instagram, we're Ants Marching Org. We've been doing a pretty good job. Um, you know, you can't fight the cell service at some of these venues, but we've been we've been efforting to get all of our pictures out there during the shows. Uh, find us on Facebook and, of course, at that website, antsmarching.org. Maybe you've heard of it. <laughs> but, again, thanks so much for listening to uh, episode 37 of the antsmarching.org podcast. Enjoy the shows this week, and we will see you next time. You got so Thanks for listening to the antsmarching.org podcast. Visit antsmarching.org and be part of the largest DMB community on the Internet. Show downloads, tour central, personal show stats and set list game, and so much more. Antsmarching.org, the best stop for all things DMB.